Ladies and gentlemen, I am thankful that Jesus Christ loved me so much that He became the propitiation for my sins and for the sins of all those who will call upon Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4 say, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. You see, my friends, it was always, always, always the plan of God to give us His mercy and His grace through His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. It was always, always, always the plan to give us eternal life, to deliver us from our sin and to redeem us unto Himself. Hebrews 9, verses 27 and 28 say, As it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this to judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, but unto them that look for Him shall He appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Jesus Christ died for sin. But He did not die for His own sin. He died for the sins of all of us. He died for us so that we can call on Him. So that we can know that we have hope beyond this life. So that we can know that there is a better place waiting for us. The trials and the tribulations, the struggles of this world are as life is. They are a vapor here today and gone tomorrow. But faith in Jesus Christ and His gift of His life, His yoke upon us, is eternal and will never be taken from us. Romans 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Because we are sinners, we will die. We will shed these mortal bodies and we will leave this realm of existence and go into the realm that is true to the real place to our real home which is more real than anything we will ever see here it says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord we will receive that eternal life if you trust in Jesus Christ for that eternal life second Peter verse Chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That all should turn away from our ideas and what we think life should be and turn towards the, the pureness, the holiness, the righteousness that is Jesus Christ to trust Him and to receive Him, accept Him into ourselves so that we may be sealed by His Holy Spirit, by that Comforter. Romans 10 verse 13 seals the deal. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't say whosoever uh, call, will call upon the name of the Lord might be saved. It doesn't say that you could be saved. It doesn't say if you do enough good works or you're holy and righteous enough within yourself, you, you, you'll be saved. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friends, trust that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, that He rose again on the third day. And then ask Him to forgive you for your sins and to give you His eternal life. This I pray for each and every one of us. God bless.
Morning Waters podcast where we're taking the gospel and teachings of Christ to the world. Today is Wednesday, December 29, 2021, and I am your host, Kevin Rimlinger. As always, I'm thankful that you've taken time out of your busy schedule to hear what I have gleaned from the Word of God. Today we are here with Brother Jacob Jensen, my friend and uh, brother in Christ from Bible Baptist Church. And if I could describe him in one sentence, I would call him a born-again, King James Bible-believing, choir-directing, gospel-preaching, leader of those that make that Jesus chicken we all know and love. Amen. That's, that sums him up almost all the way in a sense. And if I left anything out, we'll get to it during this interview. If not, I'll leave a place for questions. Then if you ask me, I'll ask him. And if he wants to answer them, we'll get into that. Right. So, appreciate you sitting with us today, brother. Thanks for having me. And do you prefer Jake or Jacob? Because I've heard both ways. Go by either. Jake is my full legal name. Jake is what everyone knows me by. Okay. I've never called you anything but Jacob, but either way is fine with me. So, um, like I said, you work at Chick-fil-A. Yes, sir. So you, you just started there again, right? Yeah, I worked there from uh, December of 2019 up until August of 2020. And then uh, I went and worked for Toyota for about a year. And then uh, I was asked to come back in September of this year. And uh, they put me back into my position as a kitchen team leader. Amen. So Amen. Loved it. I didn't realize how much I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I could never work in a restaurant again to save my life. <laughs> horrible, horrible place. Um, so let's jump right in. Um, always, 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 first thing I want to ask anybody that talks with me is, when did you get saved? All right, well, it's kind of a bit of a long story. I was born and raised in a Christian home. I had Christian Christian parents, brought me up in the nurture and admission of the Lord. Um, grew up in a Bible-believing church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Um, born, born in Minnesota, born and raised in Minnesota, lived in Wisconsin for a few years. Um, when I was six years old, we had a vacation Bible school. It was construction-themed. I remember that in 2006. And um, June 19th, 2006, uh, Charlie Lawson brought the gospel message and uh, realized that uh, I was a sinner, decided to go forward. And my dad took me to my pastor's office and led me to the Lord um, that night, uh, as, as always. As a little kid, I started to have doubts about my salvation, about my sincerity. You know, did I just say something? Did yeah. I just do this? Did I just do that? And uh, one night in 2000, uh, December 13th, 2010, um, we were sitting around having our family devotions, and the study just happened to be on hell, and uh, it scared me beyond belief. And I was like, I'm saved. I'm saved. Why am I? Why is this? Why is this scaring me? And uh, I went into my room that night and knelt down by my bed. I could even tell you the pajamas I was wearing, but I'm not <laughs> going to. And I literally just said, Lord, I'm tired of wondering. Yeah. Can, can you make this real? And that, that I consider that the night I received assurance of my salvation. So, Amen. June 19, 2006 is uh, when I accepted Jesus Christ. And then December 13, 2010. Amen. And uh, my, our, our little duplex in Woodbury, Minnesota. Oh, I, wow. I had assurance. I did not know that you were from Minnesota. I am. Uh, born and raised in Minnesota. Um, we lived in, like I mentioned, we lived in Wisconsin for about four years in yeah. between. From when I was about two to when I was six. Um, and then in uh, two to when I was nine, so seven years, and uh, we moved back to Minnesota in July of 2009. So I consider myself born and raised in Minnesota because Wisconsin does not count. <laughs> Sorry if there's any Wisconsin that's watching. Uh, I hope there will be someday. Uh, I think right now we got Georgia and Florida. Gotcha. Yeah. So they're not offended. So. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Give it time. Give it time. Lord willing. Um, so. The last interview I had with Michael Odom, we talked about he was going through the uh, Deland School of the Bible. You are about to graduate. Yes, sir. Next semester. Yes, sir. Right on. <laughs> right on. So, what's your 
take on. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I. Would, that's how I would put it. But no, I graduated. Um, I, I'll, I'll be graduating in May, Lord willing, if I uh, pass all my classes this upcoming year, this upcoming semester. Um, moved here fresh out of high school, 2018. Uh, just a greenhorn, uh, just a Minnesota boy looking to looking to go to Bible school. Uh, moved down here July 16th of 2018 is when I pulled out of my driveway. July 18th is when I pulled into uh, Florida. Um, my first started school right away, started taking every class because I intended to finish in four years. So far, it's been holding to that track. Um, been some tricky moments, been some trying moments, but overall, it's been a, been a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, grown a lot in the Lord. Um, it's just been, it's been a wonderful time. Just a lot of learning, a lot of friends, a lot of people come and go. Yeah. But some special friends but we'll get into that later <laughs> <laughs> we will um so when the ex dsb students call it the school of hard knocks how true do you think that is it's very true um when i first moved here um i asked an ex dsb student so what's it like and they said have you ever tried to drink water through a fire hose <laughs> and i was like no and they're like that's what it's like and after for lack of better terms, being more seasoned in the school, sure. I 100% agree with that statement. Yeah. It is like drinking water out of a fire hose. Um, the school of hard knocks, I feel like that's giving him a bad rap, but his test writing skills are definitely uh, right. definitely interesting. Brother James um, is very good for writing the questions that A, you didn't expect, <laughs> or B, we're never even taught. So, <laughs> right. so those the those are the hard knocks that I think they're talking about. Also, the classes in church. Uh, it's oh, hard yeah. to discern whether he's teaching or if he's <laughs> preaching, and you think you're writing the right notes, and then you find out you're not. But um, <laughs> right. no, it's of all the of all the <laughs> negative things you could say about you know it being hard and whatnot. You didn't come. I didn't come here for a four year cakewalk. I came mm. here to learn the Bible. I, right. And, you know. As hard as it is, it ain't high school. That's definitely for sure right. because there's real life mixed into it, which is oh, yeah. what I love about the school. Is it's not like they provide everything for you, dorms, True. you know, class, you know, work and stuff like this. You have to come down. You have to move in. You have to learn how to live life Amen. as a Christian, but also find time in your schedule to go to class, to study your lessons, to yep. take tests, to try to make good grades. Emphasis on try to make good <laughs> grades. Um, but I love the aspect of it's up to you to live. We'll give you the Bible, but you have to make it. Yeah. So it teaches you how to not only learn the Bible, it teaches you how to just it teaches you how to live life. Right. Which for someone coming fresh out of high school, it definitely has taught me good financial lessons. Sure. It's taught me good life lessons, good personal lessons, time management. Um, but then on top of that, you get all the excellent Bible teaching from, in my opinion, one of the greatest, and I'm not worshiping a man when I say this, right. one of the greatest Bible teachers in history. Right. I would Amen. go down and say, you know, just the influence Brother James has had on Florida, the country, and the world. Um, it's just an honor to sit at his, at his pulpit and listen to Amen. his teaching. Just glean as much as you can from it. Yeah. So. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. The reason they call it School of Hard Knocks is because James' last name is Knox, just so you guys know that. Yes. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that, but uh, James Knox, School of Hard Knocks. And 
And I think it's more of a compliment than an insult. I think it's just he wants us to understand that the Bible. Absolutely. And he makes sure that he we understand it before he gives us that piece of paper. He's kind of like me in that sense where you have to be absolutely thorough with everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when it takes you a year and a half to get through Romans chapter 1, oh, you wow. know he's being thorough. <laughs> yeah. Some really good lessons in there. Yes. I came yes. in like in the middle of it, and it was just wonderful. Yes, it was. Uh, I remember the I remember the Sunday when he said Romans chapter 2, and the <laughs> an auditorium erupted in a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, so your favorite class, what was that, do you think? I would have to say, of all the classes, which there's only one that I didn't like, <laughs> um, of all the classes, it would have to be my first class. Uh, just the Lord worked it out in a way where my first class was how to read, study, and teach the Bible. Oh, okay. That was my first semester in school. And I feel like not only did that have the best material for my personal life, but it just really prepared me for the upcoming four years. Right. The stuff I got in that, I used for all my sermon prep. I used for all my studying. I used for all my lessons, my personal reading, my study, all that stuff. All this, the stuff I've used from that class has helped me all throughout school right. ever since I ever since I took that class. That would have to be my favorite. Um, all the classes are great. Um, I've never had complaints about any of them, except for one. But <laughs> that's pretty much every DSP student probably knows which class I'm talking about. And for those who are thinking of coming to school, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to come down here and <laughs> I was figure gonna that ask. out. That was my next question. Uh, well, wait. Whoa, John. Wait, that's not, John. <laughs> John. Oh, I should have known that. I should have never John. heard anything good about that class. Yeah. It's not a bad class, from what I understand. It's just difficult. It is difficult. And if it's a you, lot of information. If you find a method that works for you, it can be a joyful class, yep. which I figured out a system that helped. Um, but a lot of people have pulled multiple, multiple all-nighters to try to get that class done on time. Yeah. But the motto of this entire school, and I'm sure you can say it with me, is don't, don't get, get behind. behind. Right. And that class <laughs> will come back to bite you if you if you get behind. Right. It will definitely right. come back and get you. Amen. So, but that that one's hard if you let it get hard. Right. None of the classes are hard if you study properly. Right. So, but how to read, study, and teach was probably my favorite. Amen. Not just because you know a sentimental place because it's first class, but also it was like. A prep for the rest of school, which right. I greatly appreciated. That's, yeah, that'd be a good way so, to start for everybody. It happened to be a good time for me to move down. It just <laughs> right. happened to work out that way. Amen. Amen. So uh, we're going to switch gears just a little bit. So you, you mentioned a minute ago you were raised in a Christian home. Yes, sir. Uh, your dad, Todd, and I have never once asked what your mom's name was. Heather. Heather. I don't know why I've never asked that. That's so <laughs> weird. I just realized that I've never asked her name. <laughs> So your mom and dad uh, raised you in a Christian home. They were, and we're, someday I hope to have a conversation with both of them. Um, so we won't get into too much about their stuff in particular, but they raised you with prayer, with the Bible, and with all the things. Did uh, that uh, help you with your personal walk with faith as you were growing up? Absolutely, absolutely. At first, um, when I was born and raised in a Christian home, of course, when you're a kid, you don't. You know, you're you're clueless to everything because right. you're like, I want to go play outside and you know kill bugs because that's that's <laughs> what a guy does. Right. But it really helped me. Um, it kept me shielded from the world. Yeah. Um, kept me and you know looking back now, obviously I didn't realize it at the time, but it kept me from a lot of bad influences. Sure. Now obviously it didn't make me a social 
a socially awkward weirdo, you know, because I definitely had plenty of interaction with other people. I wasn't like this hermit (laughs) who just stayed to himself and, you know, just sat in the corner and prayed and read the Bible 24 hours a day. As nice as that would be, obviously, they still got me out and whatnot. But Dad taught me how to work, work ethic, which I attribute everything I've gotten achieved in my work life. Um, I achieved that to him for teaching me how to how to work hard and how Amen. to work and how to please the boss and also be a good testimony for Christ at the same time. Yeah. Um, schooling, my mom homeschooled both me and my sister, or my sister and I, excuse me, <laughs> uh, homeschooled both of us, uh, taught me how to study, really helped me to stay focused on my grades, helped me learn a lot more, kept me from bad influences there as far as school. Um, but like I said, no bad influences, but not socially awkward. They they kept us in plenty of extracurricular activities. Right. Um, I played uh, basketball in high school. Played baseball when I was a kid. You know, so they didn't they didn't like shield me, but they they definitely when it was at home, we learned how to read the Bible. We learned how to pray. We learned how to you know have good fellowship. We learned how to sing. Right. Um, and all that <laughs> stuff. So. Um, but it just kind of brings, like I mentioned earlier, Proverbs or Ephesians six four, nurture and admonition of the Lord, and then Proverbs twenty two six, train up a child in the way way he should go. And mm-hmm. I definitely attribute my parents for bringing me up in that way. Now I'm not saying I, you know I'm good, I'm set, I'm going to coast <laughs> the rest of the way because I'm definitely not out of the woods yet. Right. Because um, the devil's always after us. Yeah. Um, but I definitely attribute to being raised in a Christian home from keeping me from worldly influences and falling. You know, obviously and. I feel like it can also be trickier in a sense, because someone being saved out of sin knows what it's like, yeah, and knows to stay away from it because they know what it's done to them. Whereas those who are raised in a Christian home, and I witnessed this firsthand mm-hmm. with a couple of friends of mine in Minnesota during my during my youth group years, um, how when you're raised in a Christian home, you see the commercials, you see the billboards, you see the people. And they're all, you know, you see the people out in the world and it's like, man, they look like they're having a lot of fun. Sure. And, you know, I wonder what that's like. And then they just venture too far and they fall off the deep end never to be heard from again. I can think of three or four names off the top of my head just from four years of my life. Yeah. Where I watched them drop off the face of the map. And thankfully that was enough for me during my teen years to be like, yeah, you know, it's good enough for me. Amen. I'm going to stay away. Um, but also just my parents, you know, they were both saved out of that, the muck and the mire, if you will. And they told me, Hey, it's not worth it. Stay away from it. You right. know, you got a dad to say, Hey, you don't do that. And when, when you have a dad, like my dad, you do what he says, <laughs> regardless of what you think of it. Amen. So, but that, those are some good influences that with a Christian home that helped me. Right on. So. Right on. Yeah. I was one of those that was, uh, saved out of the, out of worldliness. Yeah. My dad done his best. My mom obviously did. They done their best. They weren't like you know. They didn't abuse me or hurt me in any way like that. But uh, God was secondary in our home. Maybe even third. You know, just life was always more important. So yeah, I'm thankful that there are people that get to be raised in Christianity, and then they grow up and they realize how blessed they are to have that. Definitely blessed to have that. Looking back on it now, it is a a huge blessing Amen. in my life because I definitely don't know where I'd be without that. Right. Amen. So, you're. This is the first time I've asked anybody this, and I'm kind of ashamed. I should have asked everybody this. Your favorite scripture from the Bible? My favorite scripture? I actually have two. Even better. And they both come from Isaiah. Um, Isaiah 12 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Amen. Um, that's been more recent years. Um, 
I remember reading that when I was uh, 16 years old, reading that one morning, and it just like just kind of you know those verses just stick with you. And yeah. I read that, and it was it was definitely like wow, this is really this is I really like this verse. Why did I not see this before? And then when I was a kid, Isaiah forty thirty one was the one I always held to, which I still hold to. Definitely has a lot. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So those are my two. Um, I'm not only partial to Isaiah. I love all the Bible, but those just ha- that just happens to be where both the verses come from. Sure. So. Isaiah is a good book. It is. It's it great. Is. Long, but it's it, good. It's, it's, it's just like, you know, as good as all the other 66 books. Exactly. Or 62 books. 65 books. 65 books. It's definitely above Chronicles on the ranking scale. There you right? go. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, a lot less boring. Uh, God forgive me if that hurts your feelings. Sorry. Um, anyway, so moving on, let's talk about, I don't want to get there yet. So you're the choir director yes, sir. of uh, Bible Baptist Church. Is that just the adult choir because I think there's a teen choir? Yes, and Brother David leads the teen choir. Yeah. How'd you get into that? Well, this is rewinding quite a ways, but going back to when I was a kid, um, started learning trumpet when I was... seven years old wow um, I had a there's a guy in my church in Wisconsin when we lived there who wanted to start an, a uh, music lesson group or whatever and uh, and he said anyone who's interested in learning an instrument come on back here so I came back there and trumpet was the one I'd always liked because there's a guy in our church who played it and I thought oh. it sounded really cool <laughs> yeah. and um, got into that um, got into music lessons on it been playing trumpet for 14 years now nice. um, had about I'd say eight to ten years of professional instruction um, from trumpet players way way better than me right um, learned how to do that played in band played in a band for six years that's kind of where I got the whole the timing the tempos dynamics learned mm-hmm. the the art of music if you will or the language of music um, so thankful the Lord blessed me with the ability to read music the ability right. to carry a tune um, and the ability to, in recent years, be able to conduct music. Um, I led some singing at my home church, uh, Blessed Hope Baptist Church in Coon Rapids, Minnesota. That's where I, was, that's where I grew up. Okay. Um, but then um, when I moved down here, obviously I jumped into the orchestra, playing my trumpet, playing my French horn, singing where I could. And when I heard there was a choir, I was like, great, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in a choir. I can sing. You know, I noticed it was a lot like band. You know, it's... But with singing, it's there's language, music, there's dynamics, there's tempo, there's time, stuff you got to keep. There's entrances, right. there's rests, you know, all this stuff. Which I'm sure those of you who are musically inclined know what I'm talking about. And those of you who are not have no idea what I'm saying, <laughs> but it's it's fine. So, sang in the choir for uh, the first few years, and then the um, wonderful Wuhan Chinese Fauci flu that mm. um, put us all in quarantine um, almost two years ago already. Yeah. Um, caused unfortunately um our choir director to uh, fall away um and he he comes over once in a while i'm not going to say his name but uh and so the the choir just faded out when uh, covid hit and um and we just we went a year year and a half without a choir and uh richard went after he had taken over song leading um just a few months ago he uh richard approached me and said hey i need to start the choir back up and uh i just wanted to see if there's someone able to direct 
he's like, because I can, I can keep time, but I don't, you know, no entrances and whatnot. And he's like, do you have experience in that? I said, well, I played in band. I said, I don't know how much that helps. And he said, well, well let's give it a shot. Right. And um, so Richard and I are both working together on the choir. Um, it's been fun. Been interesting. Um, it's been interesting to, uh, you know, lead a group of adults who are older than me and try to tell them what to do. It's definitely, a, definitely an interesting feeling. Um, but it's been fun. Um, the group seems to be getting closer and closer the more we, the more we sing. Um, but it's a lot of fun. It's a definitely a different ball game than playing an instrument right. or like, you know, being in a band um, because you are the instrument. So it definitely makes it a little more interesting. But it's a, it's a lot of fun. A lot mm -hmm. of fun learning a whole new thing it's kind of taking the knowledge that i already had and applying it on a different route right so it's like moving from driving a car to driving a truck you know it's bigger <laughs> yeah. it's different everything responds differently but it's the same concept amen so but that's been that's been a blessing being able to be more involved which and do something that i know how to do do something i love and just overall benefit and glory give give more glory to god through using the talents that he's blessed me with amen amen y'all do a good job praise I, the lord <laughs> i sit in there on sundays uh when i get back to the church well i sit in there and i watch him practice and um he's in there and he's like okay everybody stop for a minute let's get back to this and we do all this. you know if you've ever seen a choir put together a song it's it's like that but um it's like trying to put a puzzle together <laughs> amen amen and then on the sunday or whatever it is day they're supposed to sing you just sit there and you, you can think of all the things that they had to go through because i like to watch the practice and then i watch the actual thing happen and you and i'm and i'm seeing uh, all the different changes that they had to make throughout while they're doing the song in front of the church and it's just it really is a pretty awesome thing it's like uh it's just a building it's like rebuilding a whole something song or something else. yeah no, and that's how it was when i was in band is yeah. you start in let's say you know the those the spring semester would be january and your concert you know or you'd start in march and your concerts in you know may yeah and you start working on all these pieces and you know you make all these changes all these mistakes you missed and when you first look at it you're like what in the world is this <laughs> but then when you're up there on stage in your bow tie all the spotlights are on you yeah. and you're actually playing your piece it's like it's just kind of cool to see how far you've come so yeah. it's, it's kind of cool to be on the other side of that now you know yeah. being the one leading the group and just seeing them be all happy after we sing just like wow i can't believe we did that <laughs> and you know, just basically making people step outside their comfort zone. Because there's a lot of people in the choir who didn't want to at first. Right. And Richard and I were like, well, hey, give it a shot. You you might be surprised. Singing with a group's a lot easier than singing a solo. True. And just seeing their faces light up when, you know, just and also just watching the reaction of the church to see, yeah. you know, and those who have sat in on the practices, you know, they and those who they know all the changes they've made. Like, as I'm sitting there conducting us on a Sunday when we're singing, I'm look, as we pass each measure, I'm remembering just, you know, how difficult <laughs> right. people thought this piece was. And now here we are singing it in front of the church. So it's, it it's, just flows. It's, it seems like it. But <laughs> it, it, it seems like it for myself. I'm a perfectionist. I hear one thing and I'm like, but, but I'm glad it can be a blessing. Amen. And it's good to get people more confident with their voice. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who can sing, but they're just too scared to do it. Right. Right. Amen. So let's get back to that special friend you were talking about. Oh. <laughs> Who are we talking about? Um, that would be the lovely Kirsten Apedale. Kirsten Apedale. All right. I'm assuming you're talking about your fiance. Yes. Okay, my fiance. Good. Because if anybody so. else, she's probably going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, so how did y'all meet? Well, we met, uh, this actually goes back to 2017, um, before I ever moved here. Um, my parents surprised us with a trip to the youth rally in March of 2017. They brought us down here. Um, and I remember it was Brother Joel Logan. And uh, that's when we met each other. Not directly. We didn't talk to each other per se. Um, but we both equally thought each other was weird. Uh, she thought <laughs> I was this story. weird homeschool kid from Minnesota, which at the time she was right. <laughs> um, but we have known the Joneses. So we obviously I'm good friends with Dougie because mm-hmm. um, we they came from Minnesota. Okay. We were friends with them before they ever moved here. And, um, and that's a whole story in and of itself, more so my, my parents' side. But obviously, I've known Dougie since I was, you know, two years old. Yeah. Annie as well. There's a picture of Annie and I in baby swings in a church in Minnesota. Um, so we go way back. Yeah, all um, the way back. So I get along with Dougie. And, of course, you know, Dougie is very good at picking on people. And so, of <laughs> course, I just join in with him. Um, so Kirsten thought I was a jerk at first when I in 2017, which I think, yeah. I was. Um, so then, I, you know, fast forward, I move, I go back to Minnesota after the youth rally. I'm finishing high school. Kirsten goes about her life. Well, when word gets down here that I'm moving here for Bible school, of course, everyone starts matchmaking me with somebody. And it just happened to be Kirsten. Um, and, of course, you know, they were all like, hey, you know, Jake's coming down in, in, in July. Jake's coming down in July. And, of course, she still held the attitude, no, no, no. That no, jerk? No. Yeah, that <laughs> jerk. Exactly. And uh, so when I moved down here, um, something had changed a little bit. I noticed uh, I noticed that she had um, definitely gotten a lot prettier. <laughs> um, and she noticed that I had gotten more mature. And so that kind of drew us to each other, and we we just we, we would just talk to each other Sunday afternoons because I'd be hanging out at church and she would be too, and we found that we could easily conversate with each other. Now at the time we were just having conversations, but of right. course when there's a bunch of teenage guys around and they see you talking to a girl, their minds explode, yeah, and they continue to run with it. I'm not gonna name my friend, I'm not gonna name them because they're <laughs> still my friends. But if you're watching this, you know who you are. <laughs> uh, of course they started matchmaking and being weird and all this stuff. Um, and we didn't, we didn't really think too much of it at the point, you know, we, we definitely, we didn't per se like each other, um, at that point, but we just, we were just friends. We could talk to each other very, very easily. Um, my first semester in Bible school ended, um, and one of the students had a end of semester party. Okay. And, uh, Kirsten had been there at almost every class. Obviously I wasn't taking notes of when she was there because right. I'm not a stalker. <laughs> um, but I had noticed she was at a lot of classes and, um, I get to that party that night and she wasn't there. And I asked the person who was hosting the party, I was like, well, you know, where, where's Kirsten at? And, and, uh, this person was like, no, I didn't, I didn't invite her. And I was like, well, she was at a lot of classes, you know, what's, what's the deal? And I wasn't doing that as, you know, like standing up. I, I was standing up for her as a friend, like, you know, hey, she was a lot of classes. She kind of yeah. deserves to be here, too. Um, and that, that that's how that night went on. And what, you know, I didn't get bitter about anything at all. I was just kind of curious as to what was going on. Well, news of that night got to Kirsten's parents. And so then her parents started matchmaking us. Uh-oh. Because now I had earned her dad's respect. Oh, Good. Apparently, at least that's what <laughs> I had learned. Um, and then that kind of started the feelings shift in her um, towards me. And so um, I remember by this point, it was November 
Uh, my family had moved down. They had FaceTimed me in September, said they were moving down. I'd been on my own for about four months or so. They moved down here, so I moved back in with them. Um, we were living in Daytona at the time, about a half hour away. And uh, I would usually, I would regularly give Emma, my sister, rides back and forth from church because, you know, mom and dad would leave right after. You know, of course, Emma and I would want to stay in fellowship. Right. Um, so this was a few weeks after that night um, with the with the end of semester party. We're driving home, and of course, my sister cannot keep secrets at all. Um, if you're watching this, don't tell Emma a secret. She's going to tell me. Um, or she's going to tell somebody else. But more so now, she's better at it, but back, back, back a few years ago, she was not. And so we're driving home. I'm going to do my best impression. She goes, Thought. One of the girls in the youth group likes you. And I'm thinking, okay, who? So I start guessing all these people thinking Kirsten's not going to be on this list. You know, we're just friends. Yeah. And I say her name. And and uh, Emma goes, yeah, yeah, you're right. And I was like, wait, are you serious? <laughs> like, what? So I was like, okay. So then it's, of course, the, you enter the friend stage to the awkward, are we dating or are we not <laughs> stage? And um, so we had a conversation in a church man one night. We are heading to a revival meeting at Inverness. Um, Brother James's traveling fan club. You know how that goes. Yeah. Um, we're heading out there and we happen to be sitting next to each other. And I, you know, I basically told her, I said, Hey, you know, we'll keep going the way we're going. If the Lord brings us closer, it's his will. Mm -hmm. And, uh, until then we're just, you know, we'll, we'll take it slow. I don't want to jump into something and, you know, be like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Hold on a second. Yeah, right. Um, so, and she mutually agreed. Um, obviously she was a little disappointed that I wasn't like jumping right in, but, um, that's how, that's how that went. And then, um, a few weeks went by. She got stressed out with school and work and life, and then also trying to figure out how to balance a relate, you know, possibly balancing a relationship on it, and uh, not to throw her under the bus at all. She came up to me one night before class and said, uh, "I don't think this is going to work out. We need to, we know we need to take some time and chill." And I said, "Okay." I knew I went home like, "Well, I'll struck out again." <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I did my usual thing, and. Um, I just moved on with life. I continued. Obviously, there is a that that yearnings like oh, I wanted to. I wanted it to work yeah. out. I wanted it to work out, but it wasn't like a we ripped apart. So we stayed together. We talked for you know we still talked. And um, one day she was riding in the church van. This was in the following spring. She was riding in the church van um, home from nursing home ministry with Emma. I had something going on that afternoon. Forget where I was, but. Uh, Thankfully, it worked out better this way. Um, Kirsten looked at my sister, who, huge shout out to my sister for helping a lot of this at the yeah. beginning. Um, she asked my sister, does Jake still like me? And Emma goes, yeah, of course he does. And um, Kirsten got all emotional. She was like, I, I was so wrong to him and all this stuff. And meanwhile, <laughs> I'm just over there like, what? <laughs> so she pulled me aside in our front yard one day when after she dropped them off they went somewhere and basically said uh for lack of better terms will you take me back kind of thing so i said yeah well you know let's let's start back up we'll see how it goes and um may 23rd 2019 um it was a thursday night i was uh fighting the the major butterflies in mm -hmm. my stomach because i knew what i had to do because you can't just walk up to a girl and ask her to date you um, you have to ask the dad. Oh, and yeah. For those of you listening who do not know, my fiance's dad, um, he was a Marine for 20 plus years. Um, I'm 6'2", and he's taller than me, <laughs> and he is scary beyond reason, and he still scares me. 
Um, so you can imagine the fear of a 19-year-old boy approaching this Marine <laughs> yeah. um, and asking to date his daughter. Um, so I got cold feet. I walked to the truck. I got in, my, I got in the truck. I slammed the door. And uh, my mom goes, did you ask him? And, uh, and I said, no, no, I'll wait another time. And she goes, Jacob Jensen, if you like that girl, you get right <laughs> back in there right now and you ask your dad. So at this point, I'm more afraid of my mom right. than I am of her dad. <laughs> than I am of her dad. So I run back in the chair and uh, <coughs> shakily I approach Brother Ape Dill and I ask him if I can date his daughter. And he literally just looks at me and goes, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, that's it? Okay, all right. I guess it was that easy. So then I was like, all right, hard part's over. And then I realized I have to ask her. Oh. And then it's then it starts all up all over again. Of course. But um, I asked her to date me May 23rd of 2019. And uh, we've been boyfriend and girlfriend since that point. Um, and then uh, just had a lot, of, a, lot of time, a lot of fun times together. Really got to know each other. Um, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to go farther in the story yet, but, uh, uh, you go as far as you want. I'll work with it. All right. Perfect. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just go all the way through. So, uh, dating for a long time, obviously, um, a lot of Lord worked. And if I, if I went on about all the ways the Lord worked and everything, um, we'd be here till nine o'clock tonight. Oh, all the answers to prayer, um, all the uh, shifts in perspective that happened, the uh, wake up calls mm-hmm. that happened, you know, of my parents and you know just you know figuring out you know okay what what are we supposed to do kind of thing and um, just how to found keep our relationship biblical no matter what we do um, figured out she was the one very shortly thereafter but obviously I wanted to make sure um, that you know the time was right you right. know and you know because you don't definitely my parents told me do not rush anything right because um, this is a major life altering decision. And which is true, it absolutely is. Absolutely right. Um, so I wanted to make sure I was not, you know, I I felt more ready. I was more mature. I was more, you know, apt to handle life, if you will. Which I'm still not. I'm still learning. You're learning every day. Um, also wanted to get to know her more, learn her personality. And then when I um, figured out she was the one, then of course the mind starts shifting towards marriage and um, getting that very expensive piece of metal um but uh it's been it's been awesome the uh almost three years now that we've been together it'll be may may 23rd it'll be three years um had a huge milestone this year as well finally took that step august 16th of uh 2021 i asked kirsten to marry me um at lake woodruff the wildlife preserve out in florida or out in the land just out in dalian springs area um, she said yes, so now we're, <laughs> we're uh, drowning in wedding planning, um, working yeah. on that. It's That's that's a whole different ballgame. When, <laughs> yeah, when you thought managing a relationship was hard, throw a ring in the mix, and that thing shifts <laughs> into high gear, brother. Yeah. And it, it gets all the trickier, but it's been a lot of fun balancing things, learning things, just basically talking how we're going to do life together. Amen. But, yeah, that's that's the abbreviated version of how we met and how that whole story went. <laughs> Leaving out a lot of details of our relationship in general, but that's the that's the basic premise. Amen, amen. That's good stuff. Um. So here's here's my thing. I grew up, like I said, I grew up in a. Uh, I'm not gonna say non-Christian, but definitely non-biblical household. The idea for me growing up was meet a girl, marry her if you want, someday, somehow, but. 
don't get a hurry, hurry, it don't really matter. Not a whole lot of teaching and stuff. And and if, you know, you try moving in together and see how that works out before you get married, you know, we were taught basically the opposite of the way things are supposed to be. Yeah. So, but with you, and I know you're about like half my age, but <laughs> in this aspect for sure, I look up to you guys a lot because you are how old now? 21. 21. 22 in a month. 22 in a month. You've been dating the same woman for three years almost, uh, engaged, and you're still waiting on marriage for the marriage fun to happen. And that's something worth looking up to, especially in a group. The people your age don't do that anymore. I mean, I didn't do it when I was your age. It's just not something. So, obviously, being brought up in a Christian household helped with that, but... You, I know you, as a human being, as a man, had to struggle with this. So what, what's your best advice for somebody who wants to have that kind of relationship with their significant other before marriage? It has to be, if I could sum it up in four words, it would be the title of a hymn that we all know and love. Yield not to temptation. Amen. It's going to come up. It never, it never goes away. It, you know, it's... You know, it's just, it's our nature as guys. Obviously, I'm sure you can relate. Absolutely. Um, and the, uh, the, the, the urge, the temptation is always there. Um, but just stay grounded. Make sure you're, uh, the, the person you are dating is also a solid Christian. Right. Because if they are not a solid Christian, a firm Bible believer, and also um, follow and also have godly parents who know how to do things right, um, that's going to be even harder, right? Um, you know, when because the devil's going to hit you when you're weak. Um, he never hits you when you're strong. He yeah. never hits you when we're in church. He hits yeah. you when you're home alone, and right. you know the the opportunity arises. Um, now, obviously, um, dating advice: always make sure you have a chaperone. Amen. Now it's always it's going to be a little weird at first, but I have a sister. If you have a sibling. You have your chaperone. There you go. It's it makes it easy, but always always make sure you have someone with you just to keep you accountable to keep your testimony, um, because we all know how the human mind works, and yeah. if you let it get to you, it can cause a lot of problems. And that's Amen. another thing I saw three three accounts during my teen years of people p- proverbially putting putting the cart before the horse. Right. And I saw how it really messed them up. Their wedding day wasn't joyful. You know, they just they seemed to have problems. None of them were happy. It caused emotional stress. Right. And it just, that seeing those examples of other people helped me to purpose in my heart that I wasn't going to be that person. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean the desires didn't attack me because believe sure. me, they did and they still do because we're not married yet. Yeah. But the examples of that and also having you know, godly parents on both sides who are there to encourage you, having a good church family who's there to encourage you, having a good pastor, a good youth pastor, having all that support around you is great. But then most of all, having a Lord. Amen. Because I learned that relationships need to grow in a triangle. Yeah. Because you and the person you're dating need to focus on your relationship to God. Yeah. And the closer you get to God, the closer you'll get to each other. Amen. And so if you try to build a relationship down here, it's just going to cause a wreck and Satan's going to find a way to get into it. Yeah. But if you build your relationship around the Bible and around your salvation and around serving the Lord 
it's going to make it a lot easier to deal with that when it arises. Now, there's going to be hard times. There will be. But you're going to have the weapon of the Bible, obviously, with you to help you fend that off. And also, both of you having that, that small voice inside your heart. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, don't do that. That's wrong. Hey, just constantly pricking you. Amen. And that's there. And I'll also, I forget where the verse is. It says so in the Bible. I forget the reference. It says marriage is honorable in all, the bed undefiled. That's right. And so I've heard that at every wedding. And I was like, well, I want that to be said at my wedding. So what do I need to do to keep it that way? Amen. So, and we've both, we've kept each other accountable. We've helped each other um, throughout both of our hard times. And um, it's been a blessing. And so far we've been, we've been keeping, keeping the, the horse in front of the cart. Good. So, <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. So you're about to graduate from Bible school. You're going to get married. Oh, what's the, what's the date for the wedding? June 11th. June 2022. 11th, 2022. It's coming up way too fast. <laughs> it's like, wait, slow down. I have so much to do still. <laughs> hey, man, I know that's right. Um, so graduate from DBS next or DSB next year, uh, getting married next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, there it is. You visited a man named Joel Haynes in Arizona recently. Correct. And he is he has a mission to the Indians there? The Navajo, Indian, the Navajo, Navajo Indian, Indian Reservation. Yes, well, sir. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, so that's that's another long story. <laughs> but uh, had a mission trip opportunity. Brother David, Brother David Brown, uh, our youth pastor here at Bible Baptist, wanted to take a group of young adults out to Arizona to help Brother Haynes um, on the Navajo Indian Reservation. Right. Which at first I was like, mission trip inside the U.S. I mean, okay, I'll give it a <laughs> shot. You know, let's see what see what this place is like. So I signed up for it. Um, didn't really know what I was getting myself into, and uh, at the blessing to meet Brother Haynes before we went out there, he came and preached our youth rally this year. Amen. Um, so I had the opportunity to meet him. Um, realized that energy level is way off the charts. With those yeah. of you who are listening who know Brother Haynes, you know his energy level <laughs> is absolutely insane. Yeah, it is. Um, but got to meet him. We got to talk to him about the mission, what we're going to be doing while we were out there. Um, and I didn't particularly feel a burden at that time um, for that area. Um, so we flew out there in July of, uh, of this year, uh, July 3rd. Actually, um, we uh, got out to Albuquerque, drove three and a half hours to the uh, middle of nowhere in Arizona um, to meet up with Brother Haynes and uh, middle of the desert and uh, lots of hills, which all of us who were who were in the group, uh, Michael, Caleb, um, all of us guys who were boys at one point saw hills and instantly were like, climb, climb, <laughs> climb big hill, climb big hill. Yes. And uh, I remember the first night, this is kind of a little bit of a, a sidetrack, but we uh, we pull into the church, we say our hellos to Brother Haynes, and there's this big rock pile with a mesa at the top of it, oh, right yeah. next to the church. And of course, you know, Climb. me, Josh, Michael, and Caleb were all standing in the groups, looking at each other, looking at the hill, <laughs> and we just take off. Yeah, we climb up that big mesa, get all the way to the top, see the sunset over Arizona. Beautiful, beautiful sunsets out there. Beautiful scenery, um, canyons, your rivers, anything you can think of. Yeah. And uh, that that was cool. We got down there. We uh, slept that night. We uh, get up Sunday, drove an hour and a half to Pinon. We were staying in Nazalini, Arizona. That is where his uh, brother Haynes' house and his uh, first church plant is. Okay. Um, which I can get into the specifics of all that later. But 
We drive an hour and a half to Pinyon where he's uh, got a fresh church plant. And um, we were going to be helping with the VBS that, that week. But obviously Sunday services, we started um, started as always. Brother Michael preached Sunday school. Excellent lesson. Brother David taught the morning service. Yeah. Um, then after that, we had our meal with the church group. Got to meet got to meet a lot of the, the natives who were there and you know, just kind of worship in a kindred spirit. You know, sometimes some of them were speaking Navajo and, you know, they're they're singing their songs and it's like you can't understand what they're saying but we're all praising the same God it was pretty Amen. cool um, after the meal and everything things were dying down we were getting ready to load up and head back to Nazlini um, Brother Haynes took Kirsten and I because we were uh, we were work Kirsten and I would be working on a bus route that week with Brother Haynes' dad and he wanted to take us around the neighborhoods that we're going to be working so okay. we knew which houses to knock on which house had kids and they were coming and so we knew which houses to stop at oh. So we, uh, we're, we're driving up there, and of course, Brother Haynes asked, so uh, how, how much left you got, got in Bible school? And at the time, uh, I was like, I got one more year. I'll be starting again in August. And uh, he goes, well, what are you doing after that? And I said, well, you know, whatever the Lord wills, I'm still praying about it. Um, because I was taught that the will of God is the spirit of the Lord descending as a dove and saying, <laughs> Jacob, go here. <laughs> you know, and that's, I was... Proverbially, and for lack of better terms, that's what I was looking for as far as the will of God. Yeah. And um, so I said, well, whatever the Lord wills. And uh, Brother Haynes starts naming these towns. He's like, Kayanta, Forest Lake, Low Mountain, Tuba City. You know, all these, all these towns, Chinle. He's naming all these towns. And he's like, and I was like, oh, what are, you know, what are all these towns? What are you naming all these towns for? He's like, these are towns that I've knocked all the doors on in the town. And there's a group of believers there who are ready to start a church, but I can't get there because I'm doing one at a time. And at that point, the Lord began to open my eyes to just see, you know, in biblical terms, how white the fields were unto harvest. Yeah. And it kind of struck me that night. Um, and I, and I, I was like, I'm okay. You know, I'm not because all the mission trip I took when I was a teen. Mexico, Puerto Rico, Canada. Mm -hmm. you know, when I get there, it's like this is where I want to go. I want to oh, come yeah. here when I, you know, this is when I'm going to be a missionary here. All this, and then of course, you know, two weeks after the mission trip is done, you know, the desire is gone. You're back to life. Right. So I was like, I don't want to get super overhyped about this. You know, I don't want to. I want to make sure it's not the mission trip jitters, if you will. Um, and I uh, that night I prayed. I said, I said, God, if I say this every mission trip, God, if this is where you want me. You're gonna to have to make it plain, yeah. Because I'm not gonna let the mission trip jitters take over me right. again, <laughs> and just tell everybody, you know, I'm going here as a missionary, and you know, then you know, three months on the road, oh, what happened to this? Oh, you know, that that wasn't the Lord's will. Yeah. And I wanted to, I wanted to take it slow. And um, I forget what it was, uh, whether it was the the morning after or two mornings after. I was still praying about it. Um. I walked out of our the church auditorium, which is where all the guys' bunks were, because uh, we, we, we slept in the church building. I walked out. There was a bunch of rocks in the yard, and some of them were big boulders. I'd climb up on one and sit there and read my Bible every morning, you know, kind of watch the sunrise, the Arizona breeze. It was wonderful. Nice. Because it's something there. It's not humid, so it's comfortable. And uh, still praying about it. Like, God, if this is where you want me, you're going to have to make it plain. And... Um, this was on this was Tuesday morning 
And I, I had read the day before. I closed my Bible. I didn't really, really pay too much attention as to where it was going to be the next day. Yeah. And I open up to, um, I, I, I sit there on the rock, and I open my Bible, and it's Isaiah chapter 6. Okay. Um, which, I, those of you who are not familiar with what that chapter is, I'll read a few verses. So I'm sitting on a rock in Arizona, and uh, I'm reading, and it's like in the king, in the, in the year that King Uzziah died, all this stuff, and then I'm sitting there reading, and I start to realize what chapter I'm reading. And as I get to, uh, um, I get to the point where it says, Woe is me, for I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs from off the altar. And he would go out and he lays it upon his mouth. And then I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there thinking about this that I've been praying about. And I read verse 8, and it says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Hear my send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. And so I was sitting there on the rock, and I read that, and I was like, Okay, Lord, I'll uh, <laughs> take that into consideration. And so at that point, you know, my, my heart leaped inside my chest, and I was yeah. like, oh, yes. So then I was like, okay, calm down. Don't let it get to you. You know, because it could just, you know, it's just, it's just wait and see. So by that time, Kirsten's coming out of the girl's side of the dorm. And I was like, well, I'm going to tell her about it because obviously we're in this together. We weren't engaged yet, but we pretty much knew where our track was headed. Right. And um, she comes up to me and she said, you know, we say our good mornings. And um, <clears throat> I hand her her cup of coffee um, because she needs coffee in the mornings. <laughs> and uh, I looked at her and I said, I want you to start praying about this place for us. I want you to start praying about coming here. And she goes, I did Sunday night. Amen. I didn't tell her this at all. I didn't mention anything. And so I'm sitting on the rock, holding my Bible, looking at Isaiah 6, and I'm like, okay, Lord, again, all right, I'll, I'll take this into consideration. And I did not want to tell Brother Joel, I didn't want to, you know, because I don't want to give anyone a false hope of anything. Right. I still haven't fully told Brother Joel, even though I'm pretty sure he knows that I'm definitely considering it. <clears throat> Went throughout the week. Um, that night, I had the opportunity to preach at the VBS, mm -hmm. uh, and I preached on Once for All. Jesus over tradition out of Hebrews Hebrews 10 Amen. Um, because the Navajo people are very stooped in their you know their tribal beliefs that right. um, the, the medicine man all that stuff and uh, I didn't fully intend to go there in my message but the Holy Spirit led me to you know preach on hey look Catholicism saying hey, can't save you religion can't save you the medicine man can't do anything for you little did I know there was a medicine man sitting in the crowd that night oh, no. no this is this is this is this is really cool. This okay. The Lord working. And so I didn't know this at all. And so he comes back, this man comes back on Wednesday night and talks and is talking to Brother Joel the entire VBS. And I'm kind of wondering what in the world is this guy talking about? And so that night Caleb preached, it was a great message. Um had there were people saved almost every night. Praise God. Um and uh, I remember Brother Joel came up to me after service that night, just beaming ear to ear, and he's like and Brother Joel has a very particular accent yeah. because of where he grew up, but I'm not going to try to replicate it because I don't <laughs> want to take away from the story. He comes up to me, see, brother, i got to tell you this. And he goes, there was a medicine man here last night when you were preaching. And at first I freaked out. I'm like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Did I just split your church? All this stuff. And he's like, no, he was here last night. And he, in his words, when he was talking to Brother Joel, 
medicine men, they sit outside their hogans and they beat their drum until someone comes and they get their, you know, they give them their medicine or their herbs or their spell and send them on their way. Mm -hmm. um, and the man came back and he said, I could not get that message from last night out of my head. And he goes, I beat my drum for three hours, which usually it doesn't take that long on the reservation for someone to show up to a medicine man's hut because there's always someone in trouble because drugs are rampant out there. Right. Um, he beat a hole in his drum. And uh, he said, I could not get that message out of my head. He said, I knew that was preached in me. I knew I needed to come back. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Brother Joel told me that story and my my... my my face went from like shocked to just beaming like okay lord um all right that's that's number three you've given me and it i all, all attributed to him you know all all praise be to god all glory be to god amen um for that but that was that's a huge blessing um just kind of kind of see that um see the lord working in that area and so i left um with tears in my eyes when I when I left that that missions trip because I did not want to leave. Right. Um. I seriously had contemplated just calling Brother James and saying, "Hey, I'm canceling everything. I'm going to do correspondence student my last year. I'm staying here." Uh, but brother, I, you know, talking to Brother David, he's like, you, "You come back and finish. You know, make sure it's not just an emotional decision." Right. You know, and praise the Lord for great leadership here Amen. at Bible Baptist. Amen. But so we got back. Um, brother J brother David asked me, would you be able to, would you be willing to give a testimony on the trip? I said, absolutely. You know, I'd love to give a testimony on the, about the trip and, uh, gave a testimony told about, you know, just seeing the white fields, which I don't know if you were there that night when I oh, gave the testimony. Yeah. Um, but I read the scripture that said, behold, the fields are white under harvest, which I'm mm -hmm. sure I'm messing that up. But, um, so I, I gave the testimony. I kept it, kept it hidden. I kept my desire and my you know my my burden hidden for the for the moment um but i talked to brother james about it i said hey you know the lord really laid this on my heart i said what do i need to do he said ask me in a month if you still have that desire so Amen. i said all right i'll come back to you in a month a couple weeks later i'm still praying about it obviously and obviously life is still you know life goes on yeah. you know you got a job all this stuff and i'm still definitely you know, i can't get out of my head and uh, Gary Bain, I'm in church one night, I bring my stuff up, and I had not told anybody about this, only Brother James, only Brother James knew, my family, and Kirsten. They're the only people that knew that I had a desire, and I was praying about going to Arizona as a missionary. And um, Gary Bain, uh, for those of you who are listening who don't know who Brother Bain is, he's a member of our church down here. He was a pastor for 35 years. Um, he's a, a blessing to all of us here. Amen. Um, a great example of what it's like to serve the Lord all your life and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and you know he's 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 had the runaround in the ministry. If you've ever heard the stories, um, he's been through a lot of a lot of hardships, which mm -hmm. that would be an interview in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but I remember I set my stuff down in my usual spot, and I'm going to walk back to the security room to get my radio on, being part of the security team. And uh, Brother Bain stops me and says, "Well, you ready to go back out west?" And I'm like. Well, what do you mean? And he goes, and I was like, how did you know? He said, when you were giving your testimony there, I could see in your face that you left part of yourself out there and yeah. you felt like you didn't belong here. And I was like, the Lord was like, hey, hey. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Lord, okay, okay. <clears throat> and so a month later, I asked I asked Kirsten, I said, how are you feeling about this? She said, I feel like Florida isn't my home anymore. And I was like, okay, Lord, <laughs> just keep racking them up over here. 
And uh, so I told Brother James, after a, after a month had passed, I still had the desire. I said, hey, I'm still praying about going back out there. I still feel like, you know, this is what, what I have to do. And throughout that time, God really shifted my perspective from the will, his will not being something glorious descending out of heaven in a vision in your sleep telling you what to do. But it's simply just taking a step of faith and doing something for him. Yeah. And I remember talking to Brother Holt, which those of you who are listening, you've heard Brother Holt's interview. Wonderful hero of the faith, in my Amen. opinion, of our modern day. Just and talking to him about it because he's been there. He was a mission. He, he's a missionary to Sierra Leone, and he has been for for a lot uh, for a while now. And I asked him, "How did you know?" And he's like, "I just went for it, brother." Amen. And he's like, he literally looked me in the face. We were at a fellowship, and he literally looked me in the face and said, "What do you have to lose?" He said, "What if you're out there for five years and you come back? You were there for five years, yeah, and you did what you could." And he said, "What do you have to lose, brother?" He said, if you're doing something for God, it's going to be his will Amen. to serve him wherever it may be. Yeah. He said, find something you like, find something you want, and go do it. And so that's, the Lord really shifted my perspective from the will of God being, you know, him, like I said, being a glorious thing of him coming into your life and saying, go here. It's more so just finding what you can do and going to do it Amen. and just taking a step of faith. And so that's really shifted my perspective. Now, obviously, we're still praying about it. Sure. Um, Kirsten and I are still heavy in prayer about it. Um, definitely, I definitely see a, a survey trip to go back out there in our future, um, whether it be before we get married or after we get married. Mm -hmm. um, probably after, because we're still drowning, drowning in planning. But going out there to just see the field again and spend some weeks with the Haynes family. It's a wonderful family out there. they got a great ministry going. Just all in all, to just kind of test the waters again. But... Obviously, that comes with a lot of responsibility, deputation, raising support, all that stuff, which that's mind-boggling in of itself for a yeah. guy who's 21 years old and trying to plan a wedding, right. and then trying to think about you know possible deputation, traveling the country with a wife, and then you know where marriage leads to, eventually getting there, and all that. It's just it's it's a lot to think about. But Lord willing, as of right now, it looks like that door is still open. Um, so I'm going to keep treading on through and until that door shuts. I'm going to keep going. Um, but Lord willing, um, if all goes how it seems to, which it never does, um, the Navajo reservation, um, is where I'd like to end up Amen. as a full-time missionary. So praise God, praise God. So you're the first student that I've talked to that has an idea where they want to go after they graduate. Yeah, I definitely I, didn't. I don't uh, even think Caleb has an idea where he wants to go. I think he said he wants to try to stay here for a while, didn't he, in, at mm -hmm. his graduation and then just let the Lord lead him wherever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you're the first one that I've talked to this. Like, yeah, I'm, I have a plan. Whether God I, I definitely wouldn't say it's a it's a plan. Yeah, I have a lead, an idea, and I'm following it. Yeah, and <laughs> until it closes, I'm going to keep going. There you go. Um, it's because when I moved down here, you know, I fully expected to know what God wanted me to do, which right. that's not the case. I fully had expected, you know, I'm going to be a pastor of a church. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to, you know, go back home. I'm going to go back to Minnesota, be a part of a church, all this stuff. And it's never what you think it is. Right. And, you know, I was approaching my last year, and I was like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, what's going on here? But that mission trip definitely changed my perspective. God will give you what he wants you to do when he wants to give it to you. Amen. And I'm not saying this is what God has called me to do. I feel that's what God's called me to do. Still waiting, you know, to take that leap of faith. Right. I definitely want to. I'm definitely ready to. 
Um, but just, you know, definitely because like, like marriage, it's a huge decision to decide oh, yeah. where you're going to be for ministry. But I got a lot of people here helping me in the church, um, giving me encouragement, helping me like, hey, you know, I also have missionaries I can talk to. What do I need to do next? Amen. Um, Blake Muscott, yeah. similar age to me who's already on the mission field. Yep. You know, I'd, I need to, I'd love to sit down and have a conversation with him. You know, what did you do? How did you get burdened for this? And just, you know, basically rule out that this is what God wants me to do. Amen. Because I want to make sure that I'm in God's will. Now, like I said, serving him, you're in his will. Right. No matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, you're in his will if you're doing what he told you to do. Yeah. And that's spread the gospel. <clears throat> but I want to be in a place where I can work the best for him. Amen. So it's not something that's going to come naturally. I'm not saying come to DSB and learn the will of God. Come to DSB and learn the Bible. Yeah, and God will show you what he wants you to do next. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, so last thing is is there any... I don't know how to word this. I've got it written down, but it's not worded right on my paper here. <laughs> Any particular encouragement, something that you want to give to the world that believes in God and believes in Jesus that would help them live life to their fullest for Him? Well, I've kind of been giving it little nuggets here and there throughout. You know, just, sure. just serve God where you are. He'll show you what He wants you to do. Um, don't get discouraged in the, in the, in the race. Um, I touched on this Sunday night. Keep running. Keep going. Amen. Don't stop. Because we have a prize at the end, and it's going to be way better than anything the world can yeah. give us. Yeah. And also, don't be afraid to take a leap of faith for Jesus Christ. Amen. It, like Brother Holt told me, if there's something that you want to do, what do you have to lose? Do it. And if it doesn't work, you serve the Lord while you were doing it. There you go. And just don't be afraid to stand um, Christians are getting rarer and rarer these days. Our opposition is getting greater and greater. Amen. But that just means we need to step up all the more and rely on our Savior more and more. And it's getting it's getting tough. I feel bad for the next generation. Amen. For our yeah. for my kids and your kids. Yeah. I, I, I really do. I feel like they're going to have to face a lot more persecution than we did because we are spoiled here in our climate-controlled library in a giant <laughs> church building in a free country. Amen. But <clears throat> all in all, just keep going. Um, any any of you listening who are discouraged, any of you who are listening who are down in the dumps, who are bitter, that, you know, Christianity isn't this glorious thing, which it is, you just got to let it. Amen. If you're constantly letting the world get you down, you're never going to see the bright side of life, and that is you have an eternal, an eternal home in heaven, a savior to serve, you have a mission to fulfill, yeah. and it can be fun to do it. And here, here at Bible Baptist Church, it is full of people who not only are full-time in the ministry, fully devoted, but they make it look fun, and they make it enjoyable. They're examples of how serving God isn't cramping your lifestyle. Amen. It's a whole different lifestyle, yeah. and it's a blessing to do that because the world looks at you weird, but the, at the end of the day, when you're standing at that throne, it's going to be so worth it. Yeah, it will. Like, the like hand number 149 in the blue, it will be worth <laughs> it all when we see Jesus. Amen. And we just got to stay focused on that. Now, I'm not saying I'm a poster boy for that. Right. Reality hits me all the time. Stress hits me all the time. Believe me, where I work, stress hits you <laughs> every day. Life hits you. 
every day because the world's our enemy. Yep. The world, the yes, flesh, and the devil are our three main enemies that we face in this life. They're constantly going to attack you. They're constantly going to try to get you down. Yep. But you need to keep your focus on your Lord and Savior. Keep doing what you, what you can do to please Him. When you face opposition, don't buckle. Amen. It's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to not, especially for us Americans who we get looked at weird and we feel bad. Yeah. Um which in some areas I envy people in other countries because their faith is so strong because of the opposition they face with it. Right. But I'm getting into rambling now, but no, just overall keep running the race for Jesus Christ. And don't be afraid to serve him. Find what you're good at. Serve Him to your best capability. Amen. And God's going to bless you for it. Amen. So that would be that would be my words of encouragement. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you again for joining uh, Rainy Waters Podcast today where we're taking the gospel and teachings of Christ to the world. Be sure to check out the Scott Messenger Missionary Report on Robert Sheffy. Uh, the link will be up in just a second on the YouTube video. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button that you can be so that you can be notified when the interview, sermons, and other content is uploaded to Running Waters Podcast YouTube channel. For those that are listening to the interview on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're hailing from, that subscription button will get you the exact same thing. You'll get notified of all the new things that are coming along. Uh, there'll be links in the description on the podcast things. And that's it for today. Praise the Lord. Again, thank you for sitting with us, brother. Thank you. And uh, the information you gave us. Uh, would you pray us out? Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to um, testify for you and show the glory and the uh, the wonder that you worked in my life personally. Lord, I thank you for bringing me to uh, Bible Baptist into land. I thank you for bringing Brother Kevin to Bible Baptist into land. Thank you for the, all the opportunities you've given us. Lord, I pray to be with those who are listening. I pray that this would be encouragement um, for them to keep going. Um, I pray that um, if anyone listening that's struggling, anyone listening that's not saved, that they realize that the Christian life is a joy to live and it's something worth to get in on. Be with us uh, as we go our separate ways. I pray you bless Running Waters podcast. I pray that you bless them in a special way for having me on. And I pray that you bless them in the future and help us to keep on going for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this episode from Running Waters Podcast. All episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Twitter, and my Running Waters Podcast Facebook. On my Facebook, you can click on the link for any of these platforms and it will take you directly to the one that you enjoy listening to the most. Please don't forget to follow and share. We want the teachings, book readings, and interviews to get out to the world so they can be encouraged as I have from learning the mind of Christ and sharing him with all those who want to know him. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for following, and thank you again for sharing. God bless.